Have you ever wondered how your sales performance compares against your competitors and peers? The B2B Sales Benchmark Report provides the definitive guide to what success looks like in 2021. See how you compare in terms of win rate, sales cycle, average deal value, relationships, and engagement. You can see the results and get the full report at ebster.com forward slash B2B dash sales dash benchmarks. This is Sales Ops Demystified, the number one most downloaded podcast in sales operations. We invite the brightest minds in sales operations onto the show to deconstruct the why, what, and how behind rep productivity, forecasting, metrics, and all things revenue. This podcast is brought to you by Ebster, the leading customer engagement platform for Salesforce. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast. And today I'm super excited because we should be tackling the world of sales ops from a slightly different perspective. Let's welcome Chuck Markulia onto the show. Hello. Great to be here. Thank you, Tom, for the invitation to join you today. No worries. Now, Chuck is currently the Senior Director of Revenue Enablement at Jobvite. And so what I want to dig into is Chuck's kind of view of what rev- revenue enablement encompasses and how that fits in with the world of RevOps slash SalesOps. Um, and then we'll go through the normal questions, of course. So Chuck, first question, how did you get into the world of ops and enablement? Because I, I am aware that I think you had a sales background in the past. Yes, I've, I've been. So I got into sales enablement. So I'm sales enablement. Sales enablement is a little bit different than sales ops. Enablement and ops are like salt and pepper. You know, they're the, the condiments that go together. Um, we both report to the chief revenue officer traditionally within a organization. Um, sales ops usually deals more with, you know, the, the numbers and the policy and the territory and enablement is more with the how do we do the, you know, train? How do we do increase the performance and the efficiency and the effectiveness of the sales team? We sometimes overlap on the tools. Sometimes sales enablement reports to ops. Sometimes ops reports to sales enablement. But we work together as a team in order to improve the overall efficiency and the effectiveness of a sales organization. So I got into sales enablement through the um, traditional way. I was a seller. I was um, at ADP. I worked for the little payroll company ADP for 20 years, and I was a seller there. And then went into sales leadership um, with a little stint in between being a seller and a sales leader. I worked in sales ops because at that time, sales ops was the umbrella that uh, did sales training, sales metrics, sales, everything under the hood that wasn't sales. Um, I did that for three years and realized I was helping salespeople make a lot more money than I was. So I wanted to go into sales leadership, went over into sales leadership. 
And then after that was talking to one of my leaders and they said, Hey, if you want to go, cause I was doing um, leading sales teams that were non-payroll and an ADP, everything is payroll. And uh, if you want to um, become a VP in our organization, you have to have some experience building payroll people. So I went into the development side of the organization, the sales enablement side um, and found that I absolutely loved it and had an, an opportunity to do leadership development with them and meaning build sales leaders and did that for a little while before spinning out and doing some other enablement kind of things with some other pre-IPO organizations. So my track record after being a sales leader has been really on the sales enablement side. Sure. And so if we are going to extend the condiment analogy, sure. the if sales enablement is the pepper and sales ops is the salt, both condiments really just want the main dish to taste really good. Does that to that line? Yep, absolutely. Sales, you know, when you look at sales ops and sales enablement, we exist for one um, purpose, and that is to make sure that sales is um, successful. And what we're trying to do is to make sure that the CRO achieves their business objective, whatever it is. So we give sales ops gives the insight as to what's really happening within the sales organization the metrics and the measurements and the forecast as to what's happening and sales enablement is looking on the other side and saying, okay, so how do we accelerate the performance? What are the learnings for the existing salespeople? What is the um, talents and the skills that we need to bring into the organization in order to achieve those objectives, whether they be short-term or long-term objectives? Awesome. Now let's zoom in to today. Could you share just the high-level view of the current tech stack you're running just to give context to the audience? Sure. Absolutely. So I've just recently come into JobVite, and JobVite's overall tech stack, of course, is anchored on Salesforce as our main CRM. Um, we use Zoom Info as a data research engine. Along with that, we use LinkedIn Navigator in order to be able to find you know, details on uh, information along with Zoom Info. We use HubSpot as a sequencing tool along with our marketing engine, Gong, as a call recording and a, a deal insight tool along with Deal Hub. So those are our main anchor tools that we're sure. using. Awesome. Uh, sounds like a very solid foundation. Um, the next question is really looking at, but well, yeah, I assume you, you actually came into the organization when things were pretty remote. And so you, I assume you haven't seen kind of the, the before and after, but it would be good to get your view of how, how the organization is adapting to selling remotely since you have joined. Yeah, you know, JobBite's sort of an interesting organization. JobBite was um, about just a little under 18 months ago. K1 Investments came into JobBite and actually bought four companies and brought them together under the JobVite banner. And so you had four companies from different parts of the United States that were brought under the JobVite banner and then was going through a consolidation. So they were by necessity remote and then undergoing a consolidation into a hub within Indianapolis. And so they, they had a remote aspect that they were looking to bring into a centralized hub. So there were always gonna be parts that were remote and then COVID hit. And of course there was the continued remote aspect and people were, um, stay at home or even from their homes going back to, you know, other parts of the country 
um, from their the office areas in order to be able to continue to work because no one knew how long this was going to take. So, you know, we're seeing all the way across the United States, whether it's Jobvite or other organizations, that people are effectively working from home um, all the way around the, the country and trying to figure out how do we work in an organization that is now um, pretty dispersed. And it's all about now um, communication and connection. You know, how do we take people with these these functions where we're used to just sitting in cubes and turning our head and saying, hey, Tom, what are you doing over here? How do you solve this problem? You know, how do I pass this off to you? <coughs> and now getting connected with that person sharing work. Um, how do we collaborate? How do we think about things? How do we pass uh, and get advice, uh, you know, on an, on an instantaneous, almost near instantaneous basis. And so what have, can you share like just one thing maybe that you've seen happen or you have suggested happen to help with that collaboration, especially in the sales team? Well, one of the things that we're seeing in the sales team is that, um, you know, for, for leaderships, one of the things that our chief revenue officer has done uh, Joe is, we do a daily standup every morning. First thing is, you know, no matter where we are within the country, um, we do a daily standup. Now they're on the East coast. I'm on the Pacific. So that means a 5am wake up call for me and uh, getting on the call at 6am. So all the leaders are saying, Hey, here's, here's what we're doing. And this is what we're coordinating on, which has allowed the leaders to stay in sync as to, you know, here are the hot priorities for the day and here are the challenges and here's the barriers that I'm trying to overcome myself as a leader and what my team is focused in on. And here are the things that I'm going to be checking in, which has allowed the leaders to stay in sync. And I know that they're doing that same thing with their teams. So instead of having longer meetings, we're doing, you know, short um, standups and cadences of 10, 15 minutes of saying, hey, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm seeing. Here's what my blockers are. And here's what I'm going to be coordinating. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. Not having these long extended zoom meetings in the afternoon um just if i get this clear in my head the, the structure so there's the chief revenue officer who you're reporting into and then there's a lead on the sales upside who also reports into the cro um in our case the this um head of sales ops or the head of revenue ops actually reports into the head of operations which is a little unique uh in SaaS. So I report as sales enablement, a revenue oper, revenue enablement into the CRO for new sales. And the head of revenue op, um, operations reports into the head of overall ops. Got it. Interesting. Sort of parallel yeah. in, in this organization, which I haven't seen a lot of organization, but it works. Cool. Um, have the, um, the, the way you're rolling enabling the sales team what have you seen that has worked whilst being remote either like let's say a new tool that you've rolled out or a new kind of process within salesforce so have you tried anything that does seem to be having an impact well being newer to the organization i'm still under the sort of the review what what, what are they doing um and what we're what we're really focused in on is to look across the whole revenue team from marketing to new sales, to account management, to implementation, to CS and say, all right, is there a consistent buyer's journey 
And when a buyer comes in, what is the look and feel? Because when you come in, Tom, if you were to come into Job Byte and work with our organization, you don't care who you're talking to. Or, you know, from the time you hit our website to talk to a salesperson, to an implementation person to get that support, you, you really don't care as a buyer. You just want good service. You want to get your problem solved. You want a great piece of software to take care of you. And you want to work seamlessly throughout the organization. And it's up to us to make sure that we coordinate everything behind the scenes to make sure that that journey, that process, that look and feel is seamless. And so that's why we've, you know, for my revenue operations or revenue um, enablement, is to make sure that all the way along that process, we're coordinated in thinking instead of our normal silos of marketing or um, new sales or implementation or um, account management and those kind of things, that we're looking beyond our silos and saying, okay, are we creating that seamless experience for our buyer? And are we, are we creating the, the processes needed so that when Tom comes to Jobvite, he gets that? And, and he knows that he's going to be taken care of so that we can do that better than any other alternative that he could look at in our category. So your role is it's almost like empowering sales, marketing, and CS to ensure that every relationship they're initiating, developing, or nurturing uh, is, is as good as possible. Right, exactly. And so that we're using the, that we're singing off the same sheet of music, you know, that um, that we're we're making sure that we're consistent in the messages that we're saying that marketing comes up with good stuff that's actually used by new sales and that what we're saying in new sales is actually being passed off to implementation so that that buyer's experience is consistent all the way across. Because think about how you buy. I mean, you go in and you start off on a website and you look us up and then you start talking to a salesperson. You're probably going to go out to their LinkedIn profile and check us out a little bit. Who is this person that I'm getting to know a little bit? And then you get to meet another person in implementation and you're expecting that everything that you talk to your salesperson to is coordinated with that you know, implementation person and you don't want to repeat yourself. So think of all the systems that in the background, no matter where you put that information and in, flows all the way through and is coordinated for that consistent experience. And simple say, but hard do. And we have to make sure that we're thinking about it on a leadership team, that we're creating all of the, the learning and we're creating all of the systems that make all of that stuff happen seamlessly so that you as a customer coming into our organization don't have to worry about that. And so... We've got to train our people to actually pass the information on. We've got to make sure that we're collecting the information for the next person so that it, that goes all the way through, that everybody can do their job when it comes through. And we've got to measure that it's actually happening. And that's where enablement and operations have to pair together to make sure that those things are, are being looked at, passed on, and um, coordinated. Sure. Are there metrics you can track to see how you are progressing with that consistent customer experience? Well, I, you know, there's the traditional metrics of, you know, satisfaction that where you say, all right, how did we do, you know, because customers will be vocal, but unfortunately, you know, customers are going to be vo more vocal when you do it wrong than when you do it right. Um, but you can look at things along the way on behavior. Um, you know, are they, 
you know, are they responding? Are they setting up uh, utilization of your systems and your processes? Um, are they implementing on time? Are they fully utilizing? Are they getting up to speed with the amount of volume that you had expected or said that they would put onto it? Those are great indicators whether you're satisfying the customer or not. Got it. So it's, it's more looking to the customer for them to inform us on how their experience has been. And over time, in theory, that would improve as you align all these different departments. Well, yes. And as well as are the customer actually using your tool? If they don't, you know, it's it's a real vote for your tool if they don't actually implement it or they don't actually put their people or train their people on it and use it. If they put it on the shelf, they're they're voting by not using you as well, right? Got it. So not only looking at what the customers are saying, but also what they are actually doing. And are New, they using yeah. behavioral yeah. tools? Yeah. Yeah, which is actually probably more a bit more reliable than what, what they, they say. Because when it comes to renewal time, we within when, within SaaS, you know, we don't make money until they renew, right? You know, it's the second, third, and fourth year where most SaaS companies make the the bulk of their revenue uh, with a customer, and so it's absolutely critical that we create the impact and we create the value for the customer that they'll want to stay for multiple years. And so, if it's shelfware and they're not seeing the value, what's going to happen at renewal time? You know, they're going to sit there and say, yeah, well, that was really interesting. Uh, I'm not interested in renewing. And, you know, the cost of sale and the cost of marketing that every company, SaaS company puts in the first couple of years, um, you know, all goes to waste. Yeah, it's so, so, so important. Well, when you think about it like that, you could actually lose money if you're bringing yeah, a company. And then, oh, this is why everybody, I mean, this is really the argument for, shifting to revenue versus sales ops, right? Yeah. And, and really being focused all the way along in both sales ops and enablement on the yeah. buyer's yeah. journey and to make sure that you're, you're saying, hey, are we creating, are we, are we talking to our revenue team from marketing to sales to implementation to account management to service to create that buyer's experience where we understand the impact that the buyer wants to have and ensuring that we're delivering the impact that they want, you know, because it's different per, for each buyer. Think about you as a buyer, what you want to get out of tech, which is going to be different. We can buy the exact same piece of software and want two very different things out of it. For sure. Yeah. I think this is a, if any sales ops or sales enablement person listening, I think this is a really crucial thing to look at within the organization, aligning those three well multiple different teams if you include implementation and account management um awesome that was uh that was a deep dive into the world <laughs> of, of revenue enablement so um super like super interesting now let's move into the two most important questions chuck sure. so the first is to in your career today who has taught you the most about enablement slash ops um, I, I would say from two sides. From the business side, I've been very fortunate to work with some great business leaders. Um, one of the great CROs that I had a chance to work with is a gentleman by the name of Jay Dubler, who's now the president of Focus Software, and another CRO by the name of Forrest Hobbs. Um, but within sales ops slash uh, sales enablement, I had uh, peers, Chris Burley, who's now with the Marcus Buckingham Group. 
and another gentleman who's since retired who wrote a great book called uh, Jerry Busson, um, who wrote a book called Off the Bench Leadership. Those two gentlemen have been quite influential to help me understand, you know, how to teach sellers how to sell and how to teach sales leaders how to be great sales leaders. For sure. And the final one is who within the world of enablement, leadership, ops, would you like to take for lunch? And it could be someone that you do or don't know. Well, I would say there's one lady that, you know, I really respect and had an opportunity to work with who is a fantastic sales ops uh, person who is the salt to my pepper, you know, working at a company I work with uh, at Avalara, a lady by the name of Amy Mosier who was one of the best sales ops directors that I ever had the opportunity to work with. Um, She just got sales ops. She was fantastic. Uh, She's currently the senior director of sales ops at a company called Echo here in Seattle. Amazing. Well, Chuck, I want to thank you for coming on and joining an ops-dominated podcast to come to explain both the importance of enablement, but also the importance of, of the revenue function versus the sales function. So it's been eye-opening. Chuck, thank you for jumping on. It's been my pleasure. And and like we talked about before, you know, sales enablement cannot be successful without a good sales ops partner. Um, we are really dependent upon the metrics that sales ops helps us generate and the insight that sales ops generate. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sales Ops Demystified Podcast. If you are listening on a podcast listening application, then please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have any questions about the show, if you know a guest, or if you have any questions about sales operations, just hit me up at tomhunt at ebster.com. That's tomhunt at ebster.com.